Coming up, we kick off our blockbuster summer as we review the Fast and the Furious franchise. Tonight, the Fast and the Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious. It all starts right now. This is Up for Debate, episode number 210, recorded June 24th, 2021. The Fast Saga, to Matt, to Sean. That's my dad. It's coming up in the pro stock car circuit. Last race of the season. Uh, a guy named Kenny Linder came up from inside in the final turn clipped his bumper and put him into the wall at 120. Um, I watched my dad burn to death. I remembered hearing him scream. The people that were there said that he had died before the tanks blew. They said it was me who was screaming. I saw Linda about a week later. I had a wrench. And I hit him. And I didn't intend to keep hitting him, but by the time I was done, I couldn't lift my arm. He's a janitor at a high school. Has to take the bus to work every day. And they banned me from the tracks for life. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters, not the mortgage, not the store, not my team and all their bullshit. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast where the two hosts agree on everything. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by... uh... He may not be fast and furious, but he is quick and angry. It's Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. Hello, Sean. How are you doing? I clicked the, this pen before I started the podcast, and now I'm, I'm afraid to unclick it because it'll make a noise, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Ooh, what a twist. Oh, you broke it. It's, I broke the pen. Yeah, it's that way forever now. How are you doing tonight? How, how's, uh, how's it going? Matt, I am, I'm thrilled to be here uh, as we embark on a new adventure here on the show uh you know we've done film franchises before this isn't a new concept to us no it is not famously did james bond which had about a million movies in it um we did rocky which also seemed to have a lot of movies in it yeah the rocky verse for our summer blockbuster series we're going to one of the biggest franchises in the history of cinema actually ranked seventh in all-time franchise uh, box office gross, just behind James Bond. That's really kind of actually kind of hurt me to hear that. We're talking six billion dollars worldwide across their ten films, including one of the films that has grossed um, one billion dollars uh, all by itself. One and a half billion all by itself. Oh no, two of them. I'm sorry, crossed the billion dollar mark. Matt, we're talking about the Fast Saga. The Fast. And the Furious. Yes, exactly, Matt. We've got them both. We got the Vin Diesel. We got the Paul Walker. We got the Ty Reese. We 
got them all, and, and that we're going to watch all I didn't ten know Luda. movies. Luda was in, I think, the second movie. He was mm. uh, ludicrous. We've got Jordana Brewster, Michelle Rodriguez. Mm. We've got Johnny Strong, Rick Yoon, Matt Rick Yoon, Rick Yoon, the one and only, the Rick Johnny Tran, Devin yeah. Aoki, Cole Hauser, Eva Mendez. Right. We're just talking about the first two movies. It's a that's quite a quite a, an all star cast. I mean, I know I know who a couple of those people. I know who, I know who Vin Diesel is. I know who he is. You know, he's somebody I've heard of. So, yes, I, I mean, him. the man's got a car name. He should be in a car movie. Yeah. Uh, do you know what Vin Diesel's real name is? Uh, no, no, I don't. It's not it's, Vin Diesel. <laughs> it's even more sad and boring than you can imagine. The most, I would say, the anti-movie star name. Uh, Johnny Book. Worse. Mark <laughs> Sinclair. That's, that's not a bad name. It's very that's boring. Okay that's name. that's like an accountant or a lawyer is Mark Sinclair. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very, maybe a very lawyer, lawyerly name. I did hear, though, that uh, I think it was Vin Diesel. He used to be a very big, he was big into D&D. Loved D&D. Yes. He was like a total nerd as a kid. And uh, then got got some muff- muscles and started movies. Absolutely. And those movies include the franchise we're going to be covering, Matt. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the first two entries in the franchise, 2001's The Fast and The Furious. And then uh, its sequel, 2003's Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, and Matt, it sounded to me like you had quite a blast uh, participating in watching this movie. Oh, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was something I took, like I said, before the show started, I took copious notes. Um, copious is probably not a word that is ever said or uttered by <laughs> any character in this movie, but, um, actually the, the notes I took for this movie, um, are, are, uh, greatly outweigh the notes I took for the sequel. And I, I think there's okay. probably a very good reason for that. Okay. Um, and so I, I, I don't know, like, where, where should we begin? I guess what I kind of want to do here is maybe talk about the plot. Sure. And, and I think we can, we can do this, like, I'll try to recall as much of the plot as I possibly can. Because I don't know, if, you may not know this about me, Sean. I have a really <laughs> hard time paying attention to stuff. Yeah. All right? It's one of my many many faults and and um if a movie doesn't i don't know if a movie doesn't like catch me the right way i i can like tune out i can mm-hmm. like turn my brain off or think about things too much so uh, there might be some gaps here in my memory so maybe well, maybe is that cool should we just start out like i, I, I would love that but can i yeah. preempt you i can do the whole plot in four words they're too fast and furious that's five words no <laughs> Point break with cars. Yeah, no, that's actually, that's, you're right. I mean, it's, exactly they just remade Point Break. I mean, it's pretty that is 100% obvious. 100% what this movie is. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're um, right. With cars, but no masks. They don't have the president masks. They don't, no, 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 no. Which is the best part of Point Break. That's right. They show their faces. They're mm. pretty bold. They're in those cars. They're they bold. got masked cars, I guess. Yes. Uh, and they're stealing DVD players instead of robbing banks. Was uh, that what they were stealing? I thought they were, like, old TVs. Well, they were electronics, and what was in the they they mentioned by name DVD players. Oh man, well, to be so, in two thousand one again. 
Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> or it's like that's the cutting edge. It's like, what do you think a tractor trailer truck full of DVD players and and small screen TVs are worth? Wow, it's a couple hundred dollars, right? Here. I mean, I do think at one point the line is uttered in the film that he he like before the last heist he had done like six million dollars worth of stolen electronics. Somebody would notice that eventually, right? Well, like, they did. That's why they were trying to catch him. Right. That's so. That is. So dumb. Um, so they, their plan was to steal all of these DVD players by driving really fast. They drive fast, get them off the truck, drive really fast away. No, I think they they hide they hijack the truck. Oh, and then drive it really fast. Yes, away. that was in the opening scene. Yes. Yeah. You had to really kind of be paid. Before you I, knew who the bad guys were. I was still getting, I was getting all set up. I was getting my Bomba. You like Bomba, Sean? No. You ever have Bomba? It's great. Yeah. It's my new, like, favorite movie snack. Oh. It's like, it's like um, Cheetos, but instead of being cheesy, they're, they're it's peanut butter. Yeah. If you don't, if you I, don't, I don't like, like peanut, peanut butter, butter, you're gonna, no. you're not gonna mm. be sold on it. So. You can eat mine. All um, right. So I was getting yeah. that ready, so I missed the whole first scene. But, oh, um. Boy. It's a bad plan. I mean, I'll come right out and say it. Bad plan. There are much easier ways to steal them than to chase it down with a bunch of cars, shoot a harpoon through the window while it's driving, then jump from a car onto the truck and try and, like, wrestle the driver away from the truck. Like, bad plan. Yeah, doesn't sound like a great plan. No. So we, we, we start off, like you said, with that heist scene. Yes. Where they try to hijack the truck, um, you know, plot development. Uh, Then we immediately cut to our main character, Paul Walker. Brian O'Connor. But he's going going under a different name in this movie. Yes. Which I... I His undercover name. His undercover name is like uh, Silverman or something? It's like really... They made it... I, I believe when they were making this movie... They said, find the whitest name you can find so we can make a joke about how white it is later on. Yep. Which they do. In like the second or third scene. I think they call him a, a snow snow globe snowman. or snowflake. Snowman. snowman. I wrote that down. Yes. I'll get there. Um, so he's going under an assumed name. Yep. And uh, he is uh, going to a diner. Walks into Toretto's a Market. He asks for a, a tuna sandwich. Yes, no crust. Without a crust. Now, that that immediately strikes the other guy who's at the diner as extremely suspicious because, quote, the tuna in this place is terrible. No one would order, would order a tuna sandwich every day or something like that. Right? Yes. Um, I, I just, I feel like they could have done a little bit of a better job, right? Like saying... Setting this up, setting this rivalry up, this problem that they have with each other. Yeah, it is kind of weird that that's... That's the trigger that's like, wait a minute, the tuna here sucks. No one could possibly like tuna. I think They're it here for made... nefarious reasons. Uh, I, I, to me, that scene was really more about introducing the Toretto family than it was about because honestly they could have just cut right to the that first race at that point right which would have been a fine introduction for brian it's just then you wouldn't have known who who any of these people well were, you also have media. to establish you have to establish that vin diesel's character um dominic 
you have to establish that he has clout, right? That he has some yes. kind of like, because he says, he says, uh, you work for this guy, right? And he says, that's right. Um, the other, uh, uh, Brian O'Connor, who is going under the alias as um, Brian Spilner, which is amazing. Spilner, he changes yes. his last name, not his first name stays the same. Um, and uh, Brian Spilner, and he says to him, well, you're, you just lost that job. The job that you have. So it's establishing that he knows people around town. Dominic Toretto is the name of um, Vin Diesel's character. Right? It, it establishes that he is a guy He's a guy that people know and people depend on. And, and so he calls him up and he's like, oh, I'm going to have to fire you because this guy told me you suck. And um, so he said, <laughs> it's at this point, Sean, when we see the, the wall that is plastered with Nas stickers... Um, and up until now, I thought that Nas was an energy drink. It, well, it, they they branded they used the brand later on energy drinks. Was it because of this movie? Well, it, it was uh, clearly product placemented in this movie because it's all over the movie. But I don't think it was an energy drink before the movie. Okay. I don't think. I, when I saw the stickers, I thought, "Oh, that's interesting. Like maybe maybe the company paid a lot of money to advertise their energy drink." But then they talk about how they need it to be injected into their cars. He's like, I need Nas, man. I need Nas, and I was like, Oh, okay. He's gonna get, he's gonna get hopped up on energy drinks and go and fight Vin Diesel. That's what's gonna happen right now. No. Then they say no. They make it very clear that it's nitrous oxide, is what Nas is. They say, the, the I believe the the um, his boss, the car garage guy, says, uh, you can't put that much nitrous oxide in the car. It's gonna explode because you drive with a lead foot. Now I don't know anything about cars. I should probably <laughs> preference the preference this before we even start talking about the movie at all. I know nothing about him. Can you, Sean? Can you just inject your car with nitrous oxide to make it run faster? It, it seems extremely dangerous and and ill advised. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you really uh, know what the hell you're doing, you've got to be some kind of like engineering wizard, I would assume. No, absolutely no. You can. It is a real thing. Um, and what it is, is, uh, the system increases, uh, it's a, it's a special part for your car in which oxygen for burning fuel comes from the decomposition of nitrous oxide, but I can't talk today. The system increases the engine's power output by allowing fuel to be burned at a higher than normal rate because of the higher partial pressure of oxygen injected in the fuel mixture. Now, nitrous oxide is not flammable at room uh, temperature, uh, but it is under pressure. It's only flammable when you shoot it a whole bunch of times, as we see later Yes, on. and your car's on fire and explodes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, um, okay. So they've got these these canisters. of He, he puts them in his car, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go so fast now. I've got this nitrous oxide. Um, of course, this leads to immediately to the drag race scene, I believe. I don't think there's anything that happens in between. Uh, there's a little scene where he goes to Dodger Stadium and he drives and fails. And um, But, yeah, no, basically the next interesting thing is the race. They go to, yeah, so it's a it's a drag race scene, which, which uh, the racers seem to be broken up into ethnic stereotypes. Oh, 100%. It's amazing. You've got this movie very bad yeah. with the ethnic pieces of it. That's bad stuff. Um they uh yeah, you got you've got your African American racer 
who has all African-American friends. You've got your Latina and Latino racers who have their friends. Um, and then they, they very, and then the Asian racers got all those Asian friends. Um, and then of course they comment on, uh, him on, on, on Spillner, the main character. Um, and they say that, uh, they call him snowman. They say that's the whitest name I ever heard. Um, then, nobody, uh, by the way, nobody says, Hey, I wonder if that guy's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I was just about to say that, but nobody wonders like, this is guy a cop. This guy looks like a cop. Ah, this guy we've never seen before who's incredibly white and seems out of place. Yes. He, the way he dresses, the way that I wrote the, everything about him, (laughs) he might as well have been wearing a badge that says I'm (laughs) an undercover cop. And, and, and it was, yeah, but no, instead they let him race. They're cool with him right off the bat, even though nobody really knows who he is. Um, which I, I couldn't really tell. Did, was he like supposed to be infiltrating the underground race scene or was yes. he, was he like, was he known? Did people know who he was? Like he didn't even have a, well, good, a good story. He didn't say like, I'm from out of town. I, I just heard about this and well, I came over from like this town. I think it's a combination of a couple things. One, as we learn in Too Fast, Too Furious, he had a background in, in like jacking cars. And so he had a car background. But we kind of joined the movie in the middle of the investigation. Two years in juvie, I believe. Two years in juvie mm-hmm. uh, with his friend Roman. Uh, and so uh, we we joined the movie in the middle of the investigation. So my guess is because he's working at the auto parts shop. And so my guess is that was his very first entry. Then he learned who the players were, got a car, um, learned Toretto basically runs it, and started cozying up to him. And so he be- it became his life's mission to shut this down. This, this this racing scene that he loved so much. No, and I, his life's fun. mission is to find out who's stealing the DVD player. I guess that's true. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I don't think he really cares the, about the race. This is kind of yeah. It's a means to an end, and right. and I mean, let's face it. L.A. seems to be pretty cool with it too. Like like none of the cop the cops only care at the, when it's convenient when it's the the race is over so everybody yeah. can like run away. They they don't really like see, they they've got bigger things going on. Some some guy they, they establish is like listening to radio chatter to make sure that the police have like better things to do so they can like time their races. Yeah. They wait till there's like a murder or so something. What like... happens if like, it's a really quiet night and the police don't have anything. All right, go home. We got to go. It's too hot. Try again tomorrow. We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll try to, we'll try to plan it around like a bank heist or something. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. So they, they, the race goes off mostly without a hitch. Um, I wrote, could the drag race be any more nondiscreet? I mean, you've got all these cars, people dancing, loud music. They yes, closed it on literal face. blocks of the city. And and the police have no they don't they don't care or they've been paid off. See, if they had been paid off, Sean, I think I would have I would have like it would have sat better with me if like somebody had bribed them. But no, it's just they just don't I don't know. They don't care. They don't seem to mind. Matt, nah, it's a movie. I wouldn't overthink it. <laughs> I, see, this it's is... not a fun movie if they start racing and the cops immediately come in and arrest him. I think that would be a really fun movie. But but anyway, <laughs> I guess you're right. I, I need to I need to really take this movie for what it is, and and this is what happens when you watch like like um I don't know uh, Inception right before you watch this. So uh, yeah. Then so... after the race is over, Sean. Well, I, I want to say about the mm-hmm. race. Yeah. I think 
in so this is a poorly directed movie and the script isn't particularly good either but it's it's a nondescript shot movie except i did like the ra- the effects in the race scene where everything was kind of like blurring behind them and I, the race felt exciting to me i will say i thought that was decently shot and and kind of fun yeah. Very video gamey. Yeah, I was just going to say, it reminded me so much of the pod racing from Phantom Menace. Yeah. That was what I was thinking about the whole time. Mostly, I mean, partially because the characters were all racial stereotypes. But the second part, I think, is, yeah, you're right. It was, it was an exciting, very video gamey kind of race. Um, I think one of the racers is actually playing a video game on his, like, some kind of portable device that they... Must have had in 2001. Oh, no, no, he had a... a portable PlayStation? Yeah, no, he had, like, a small TV and is hooked up to, yeah, a PlayStation, which is very strange. That's a little They were showing each racer's, like, pre-game, pre-race activities that they do. So, um, yeah, the the race happens. Um, Our hero does not win. He comes in second place behind Vince Diesel's... uh, uh, or, or Dominic Toretto's uh, superior racing abilities. Uh, he like schools him a little bit. He's like, it's not well, about a... how fast you go. It's about your, no, he said, what he says is it's one thing to stand next to your car and look cool. It's one thing, another thing to look cool driving it or something. Ha- like yeah. That. Well, they, the, they're like, you almost had me. You never had me. You never had your car. Granny shifted, not double clutching like you should. You're lucky that hundred shot in Austin blow the welds on the intake. You almost had me. You tell him, Dominic. Now me and the mad scientist got to rip apart the block and replace the piston rings you fried. Ask any racer, any real racer. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. I'm working on my Vin Diesel impression. It's that's not good. Very good. It was a no, little rocky good. in the beginning. Like, well, that's, I, I consider like rocky, And I'm not grumbly. Like I got to mumble more. <laughs> it was like Rocky Balboa in the beginning. You almost it was better. It was better. No, no, no. It got better me. as it went along. I think you're, okay, you're, thank you're you. on the right track. Um, yeah. So that, that was, that's the pearls of wisdom that this movie tries to instill on you. Winning is winning. That's right. Plain and classic. Simple. So, um, I, I think right after there, so they, they, they have a bit of a long night. They are driving. No, the police show up. Yes. And, and everybody Dom tries to escape. He does a poor job of it. So Brian has to come in and sweep him up in his car that I thought would be kind of fucked up after the race and somehow is like perfectly fine. No, it's driving completely fine because yeah, the no problem. needs it too. So and it, he helps him escape the cops. Yeah. Um, and then... Do they go to Johnny Tran's place? No. So that what, they, night? what happens is they're driving home, and they get immediately surrounded by motorcycles. Uh, and Vin Diesel goes, "Oh no!" And then it, 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 um, I keep calling him. I want to call him Billy, but it's not Billy. Um, uh, they, he goes, "What?" And then he's like, oh, "We're in for a long night." And then it. So who's surrounding the car is. Um, Johnny Tran's men. Johnny Tran and his men, I should say. Yes. And they take him to, Sean. Would you like to describe the where they take him? I don't know what that was. So, so they surround him with these motorcycles, and I think one guy points a gun at him and says, come with us, right? So they go to a... It's like, it's like a statue park. 
of Confucian statues with a giant, like one of those big Chinese gates that you would see in front of like a Chinatown. Um, I think it's supposed to be a restaurant, like a Chinese restaurant. That well, maybe yeah, because the there are eats. people eating, but then there's also like a giant warehouse and a garage. Because at some point, it's like Johnny Tran's garage. So I, yeah, I, I, I don't think they ever really explain what that place no. is. I just, I just like the all the all of the Confucian statues because who doesn't have like a you know tons of Confucian like more statues than you would know what to do with unless they're selling the statues which they could be like a business mm-hmm. where they make and sell Confucius statues I mean, they, their business is probably crimes yeah I think I the mean, rest is just a bunch of fronts fun. right yeah I would say so they get out of the car um the 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 Johnny Tran and his men disembark from their motorcycles their motorbikes and they say um, it all, all immediately establishes that this guy is the villain. He's bad. Yes. This guy is a yes. bad guy. Um, he, like like Brian might as well have had a badge that said, I'm a cop. Johnny Tran might as well have had a t-shirt that said, I'm the villain of the movie. So he says uh, a bunch of bad stuff to Vin Diesel's character, establishing they have a history. They've got ba- bad blood in the in the background. And I think he wants. Does he want money from his from Vin Diesel, or what does he want? What is his motive here, or is he just being a, a tool for no reason? No, he definitely had some kind of. I I know that Dom does the line, and I slept with his sister. Right. So there's that, and I think yeah, there is some other stuff that he owes him. I I, I don't remember specifically. Um. No. Yeah. He he. Uh... Oh, it, it, we should mention before, when Brian races the car in the uh, drag race, he he bets his car. Yes. Because he's low on money, so he's he, he comes in. He bets his slip. So my my question before we talk more about Tran is, uh, can you do that? Can you just like? I mean, I guess people do that when they gamble in casinos. Like I I bet my house. So I bet, you know, compulsive gamblers will do that. But is it enough to just give somebody your your this like the the deed to your car and be like you own it now it's yours? Don't you have to get like titles changed and stuff at like the DMV? No, I believe theoretically there is a spot on the back of the title where you can sign it and you can see. I mean, eventually you got to get plates moved. I mean, it's not like you just give them the car, but yes, th- theoretically, yes. Okay, I, I just I you I I was just thinking that like yeah. He could get in trouble, right, Dominic? If he if he like took the car and just drove away with it without uh, any of that info getting changed. I mean, I guess if he got pulled over, I, I you know, I guess it's just one of those crimes that is barely probably a crime. the least of his worries would be my guess. Yeah, he's doing a lot more legal stuff than that. All right, so it turns out that um, Tran is. Uh, and his, his his right hand man Lance, yes, Lance is his is his like assistant, like his his sidekick basically. Um, they what they want is, um, oh they're that's why they're pissed off because they were racing in his territory, his turf. Yes. So to teach him a lesson, before they go, uh, Johnny Tran machine guns the car, and of course it's got. I, I love the more. It's like it's like the the director knew the audience was going to forget this, so he has Vin Diesel shout right before the car explodes. Watch out, the Nas, 
which is might be my favorite line in the whole movie. Goes, I love it. Nas. The and Nas. so they, they jump out of the way just in time to clear the the massive explosion, which was a really good explosion. This there's it good was. special effects in these movies. It was it was impressive. I I, uh, I I thought it was one of the best looking explosions of a vehicle that I've ever seen in a, in a, and I'm I'm totally not exaggerating. It was a, a really good looking explosion. The the fire like creeps up and does it it I, it was very believable. Like if you if you shot a gun at a car filled with Nas, I don't know if it would explode. Mythbusters probably has done a test on this, but I was impressed. I was very impressed by the special effects. So um uh then okay then they have no car they i guess they walk back to dominic's house like his, yes. his which is like basically a hideout for his his friends his cronies and they're having a party there um yeah he gets into a little beef with vince yes who's a little jealous that he's joining the team he doesn't like his new friendship with dom gives uh brian vince's brian. beer mm-hmm um, he flirts with Mia some. Uh, continuing on, um, yeah, they they start to put together a new car. Um, at the shop, Brian starts dating Mia. We fast forward through time a little bit. He starts investigating Johnny Tran. Um, oh, before we go to that, I, I really liked, I liked how Mia. Wouldn't go out with him. She's like, I don't date my brother's. Fr-. It's the same scene. The same scene. I won't. I don't date my brother's friends. It's a. It's like my my principle. It's it's like a thing that I I I believe. I don't date my brother's friends for whatever reason. Okay, the guy walks in from before, whose name I forgot. Is it Vince? Vance? Yeah. So v- Vince is like being a jerk, like he usually is. He's like, put a dress on. He says to Brian, clean my car and then put a dress on. Because you, I'm gonna put you out in the street so you can make some money for me, cutie. Which is a really awful and and strange thing to say to yeah. somebody you barely know. <laughs> so in reaction to this, Mia says says to him, "What was that restaurant you keep trying to get me to go to with you?" He tells her, and then she turns around to Brian and is like, "You can take me there." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is one of this is one of the many times in the movies you can tell when they were writing it they're like, "Hey, we need X to happen." And they're like, "But would would a character really do that or does it make sense?" And they're like, "No, no, no. Just have him do it. Like it doesn't have to make sense. It just whatever's the easiest way to do it. Just do it." I just don't really I don't really know. I guess they like there was no reason for her to be like, "But I can't I don't date my brother's friend." She might as well have just not said that. She might as well have been like, "Okay, Let's go to this restaurant. They they said they made like a big thing about it, and then the same scene a couple of minutes later, she's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, we'll go to this restaurant." Screw you, Vance or Vince or whatever your name. He get he. By the way, he 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 deserves it mostly, but he gets dogged throughout this whole movie. Oh by yeah, just about everybody in this in his his family. Um, they call themselves a team, um, and uh, this team. Just, just treats him like shit through the whole thing. But like we said, he, he may, he, he kind of deserves it. He's a little bit well, of, a, but, of a jerk. But the crazy thing is, he was right. Brian is a cop. Like he should have been. True. Suspicious. He was right the whole time. Yes. Give the man some credit. Yes, validation. Oh my god, poor guy. Um, yeah. All right. So we fast forward a little bit. Are we up to? Are we up to uh, Desert Burning Man yet? No. Before that is when they go to Johnny. Tan- Tran's garage because that's who Brian thinks 
is the one hijacking the DVD player. So he breaks into Johnny Tran's garage and he starts looking around and he's found by Dom and Vince who, who say, you're, he's a cop. He's a cop. Vincent, he's a cop. Um, and he says, no, no, I was just here to spy on what they were doing for the upcoming event. What, what kind of race wars, race wars. I keep just think about just, can we just pause for a second on that, on that phrase? Race wars. Not a great, really not a great thing. I just wrote in my note, race wars. That's all I wrote. <laughs> race wars. I'm just going to keep saying it. It's the stupidest not thing. Not a great I've thing. Nobody race wants wars. a race war. And nobody oh nobody God. is trying to get excited about one. No, not a great thing. It's very bad. So there's um, a race war in the desert, which is more, they, they probably should have gone with the name of what it actually is, which is Drag Race Burning Man. Would have been much better. Because that is what it, exactly it's in the desert on a military base? Question mark? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of because it looked like they were kind of breaking in, but there was also like real deal security. So they were, but they were cool with it because the security let them, were the ones that were letting them in. And yeah, saying, it was very like, yeah, you could race on this. Very clearly a military base. They needed a cool, a cool place to have this race. Couldn't just be in the middle of the desert. Oh, Race Wars is a real thing. With the name Race Wars? Yes, they they started doing it after the movie. Okay. But they called it Race Wars based on the movie. Right. Because why not? No, nobody, Nobody stopped and thought, like, that's bad name. Just bad bad name. name. Like, okay. But they do find a bunch of electronics in Tran's garage. Very suspicious. Uh, And Brian reports that discovery... um, and they raid it. Um, they raid the garage and they go to arrest Johnny Tran, but they have one of my favorite lines in the movie that, to me, continues to not make sense. Um, let me see if I can find it in here. This was, And, of course, he gets out of jail, Johnny Tran does, um, because it says here, uh, Agent Bilkins is talking with Sergeant Tanner, two of the cops, the FBI guy and the cop. Agent Bilkins says, the DVD players were purchased legally. All we've got on Tran and his boys are some low-rent weapons charges and some outstanding speeding tickets. Um, why did they have a bunch of legally purchased DVD players of the exact same kind that were being stolen by Dom? Wait. Something in this movie doesn't make sense. I just—it's just like there would have been no. a much easier. You, you, uh. No, no, they, 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 they thought about the things that happened in this movie very carefully. What were they doing they with all those DVD players? Thirty-five minutes thinking about this. No, I don't know. I don't know. The That's answer so is dumb. They just—they—they they had to—they had to just say that they were doing something wrong, but it wasn't a big deal. I think they said all we can get them on are some bum weapon charges or something. Yeah, but they legally purchased a bunch of the same DVD players that were being stolen. Anyway. Maybe as decoys? Maybe to, like, you know, in case they got caught? Maybe. I I don't know. But this is when Brian starts to realize that, no, Dom is the bad guy. Uh, He's the one doing it. Um, Yeah. Oh, um, all of the cops act like dads. I wrote that in my notes. Yes. They're like they're yes, like they do. very clueless. They're they're aloof and clueless dads. Every co- every like all the cops that are superiors to Brian. Now, Matt, can I ask you now? Might be a good time to ask you a question. I have written in my notes. 
how likely would you be to spot a cop amongst your friends? Amongst my friends, I, I would probably look at the one that is like, hey, guys, where's the race? Where's race wars at? <laughs> Sean is pointing to himself. <laughs> no, say it into this microphone. Where's the race wars? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's just no, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I get like at first Brian is like he gets into it. But I'm like, at what point in the movie should because, by the way, at no point do they realize a cop. He tells them he's a cop. They never actually figure it out on their own. No. He, I think he straight up tells Mia. Yes, he's like, I am an undercover police officer. He, he basically, yeah, he spells it out in in a later scene, yeah. But at what point should they have figured it out? Like, I, I, and it just got me thinking, like, if I had a new guy, like, show up to the office and I was like, hey, this guy seems pretty cool and you're meeting and hanging out and he becomes a friend and... Show me like, your you, illegal DVD player. You go out to a bar. Yeah, and they ask a bunch of questions, but I'm not suspicious for some reason. And then they turn, like, could I fall for that? I think that he's he plays it off pretty well when he's with like Vin Diesel's character, but it was it, the, it was the fact to me it was the fact that he when he's snooping around the garage and he gives a, a really a kind of a terrible reason for why he's yeah. doing that, which is like I was just trying to see what they got under the hood so we can you know get ready for the next race. Like I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. He's uh. When he's with when he's with Dominic though he's he I feel like he's pretty cool like he doesn't he doesn't like overplay his hand well and if you think so about much. it too at no point also see this is why this movie's so goddamn stupid it, at no point does Brian actually Dom never tells Brian he's doing the heists Brian just sort of figures out and then Mia says they're doing the but at no point does he like. Dom actually say, oh, by the way, we're doing the heist. You should join us. They're like, we're heisting. So he never actually confesses to the cop that he does it. No. Uh, Brian just kind of pieces it together. Yeah. Basically. Anyway, I'm overthinking it. Um, yep. We go to the race wars. Uh, we haven't talked about Jesse, who wagers his car against Trans and loses it. Um Dominic and Tran get in a fight because Johnny Tran accuses him of uh, Dom of being the rat. Yes, I wrote that down too. I I I know Nark. It's a fight that just came comes out of nowhere. I I wrote that I I think Dominic his his sugar levels might have been low or maybe he was dehydrated, but out of nowhere, um, yeah he he the Johnny Tran shouts at him and says, um. Uh, he's like, I've, I've got the quote here. It's, I know it was you. SWAT came into my house, disrespected my whole family because somebody narked me out. And you know what? It was you. And then he just, Vin Diesel just punches him right in the face immediately. Yeah. Any kind yeah. Of, and now, that just if, keeps if, beating his if ass. If somebody accused you of being a narc and the first thing you did, the way you reacted, instead of saying, dude, it wasn't me, I'm not a narc, was to punch them right in the face. I would probably say that kind of clinches it. You'd like, yeah, okay, you're figured out. Like, I figured you out. You're an arc, so. Yeah. And you're trying to, like, get away now. No, I don't know. And then Dom, after the fight, I never knocked on nobody. I never knocked on nobody. <laughs> As he's, like, being pulled. I never knocked on nobody. I never knocked on nobody. Yep, classic line. Was this before or after they had the nice little family dinner and said grace? This was before. Okay, because I like so that that's, part. Yeah, so that's coming up. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that is, uh, 
Um, all right. So, so is it? It's at race. Is that? It's at race war. It's at. It's at drag race burn, uh, Burning Man when uh, they're all dancing at the night party, right? Where um, Brian tells Mia that he's a cop. Yes. Says your brother's in trouble. I've got to go save him. Yep. Uh, he's you know, and then she's like, but he he went out on the mission. He went out. He went out on the job or whatever, right? And he's like, we got to go help him out. Um. So then it must it must have been after the after the dinner. Right. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe I'm getting mixed up. So they they have the dinner in the in the the backyard, and he has the nerdy mechanic guy, the mad scientist, whose name is like Trevor or something. Jesse. Jesse. Right. And uh, he has them. He has him say grace, and he thanks he thanks God for the Nas, and the. A bunch of other car things, a car th- and a bunch of car things, and yeah, it's it's this very awkward scene where the um the the mean guy who's the guy who's mean to Brian Vince, he shows up later late to the dinner and he's like, well, I got to eat somewhere. Yeah, he's all pissed. He's all yeah, kind of huffy and pissed off, and and then, and then this is where Dom and Brian go into Dom's garage to look at the Dodge Charger he built with his yes. father, and we get his backstory about how his uh. That's my dad. He was coming up on the pro stock circuit. Last race of the season, he was coming into the final turn when a driver named Kenny Linder tapped his bumper and put him into the wall at 120. I watched my father burn to death. I can still remember him screaming. Um, and then he talks about how he beat him to death, and that's why he was uh, why he was in prison. And then the iconic line of the movie, maybe even the franchise, is said at this point. I live my life one quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters. Not the mortgage, not the store, not my team and all their bullshit. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. Right. And then Brian immediately responds, dude, you need to get some therapy. <laughs> uh, and he does encourage him to finally get out and drive that see, damn like, car. You need to see somebody about this. This is okay, not dude? good to keep this pent up like that. He slowly pulls a wrench away so Don doesn't beat him with it. <laughs> Right, he says, "Cool, cool." So, so I'm gonna go, and uh, I'll catch. We'll, you we'll see you on the flip side. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm not a cop, and uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'll hang out. I'll, I'll see you later. Uh, by the way, where's the race at again? And yeah, yeah the so, race wars. Yeah, uh, race wars. Yeah, uh, very good scene. Obviously, setting up. You know, he's gonna drive the car later because he yes. says he's never driven it and he's afraid to drive it. Yes. So you know, he's gonna. It's gonna come back. Later on, Chekhov's gun, Chekhov's race car is set up. Chekhov's nitro engine. And now we can fast forward to the final heist. On the road, we've got the team uh, in their, uh, I believe they were Honda Civics, uh, tracing down that semi-truck filled with DVD players they're starting the heist, but unbeknownst to them, the driver is loaded. He has a shotgun. Meanwhile, Mia and Brian are chasing behind. Brian, at this point, revealing he's a cop. He calls in, tries to locate them on their cell phones, which I guess cops can just do. Um, and the heist goes wrong. Um, now, Vince I'm gets sure... shot. Lefty, Letty gets run off the road. I'm sure the, the phone locating was very like high-tech and novel in 2001. Mm. Um, today it's just part of the like dystopia that we live in and what we all just accept. But 
back in 2001, it was like, whoa, like, you know, they're probably using like satellite technology to figure out where it, to triangulate and pinpoint where he is. And now it's just like, you know, Target knows where I am. Like, you know, like at all time, Taco Bell, yeah. I had Taco Bell for lunch today. They knew where I was. It's, it's not as novel anymore. The novelty has, has the shine has worn off. Oh yeah. So no, for sure. But, but I will say making that movie, the movie, they were very excited about it. I do think it was an exciting sequence. Uh, I did enjoy it. I think it was action-packed um, a little much, but uh, it was tense at moments. We got to see a few car wrecks, um, which is pretty cool. But basically, the whole crew, uh, Vince is uh, airlifted to safety, and the rest of the crew uh, escape before the authorities arrive. Yes. At some point, I, I think it was... We were just going to mention really quickly before... Um, Jesse is he's talking to Jesse because they have to have a moment where he bonds with each member of the crew yes and the, how he bonds with Jesse is Jesse shows him a program on his computer a CD-ROM floppy disk did you see oh, that? oh it, it is a, a floppy you're right it floppy is a floppy disk. disk yeah he pulls out the old floppy disk and it's a program that is it's like one of those he just like types a bunch on the computer and images pop up I love of a that. car love, and like different like springs movies. and shit a car pops up and an engine and then and his reaction to all of this, as he's talking about the car mumbo jumbo, is Brian says to him, wow, you should go to MIT. Yeah. And Jesse says, nah, man, I've got attention deficit disorder. And the all only time I'm quiet is, is when I'm working on cars. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, man. Sensitive stuff. Oh, God. Yeah. So, all right. So, yes. He's got attention deficit disorder. And the only thing he can do right is cars because engines make him feel good. Well, Matt, I wouldn't worry about it because I think something bad is about to happen yeah. to Jesse. Uh, after the chase, Brian goes to Dom's house to try and apprehend him. Uh, they fight and argue a little bit. Uh, Dom is worried about Jesse, but Jesse arrives at the house, pleads for help and protection from Johnny Tran. Uh, and then Tran ran, runs by and shoots Jesse dead with a machine gun. Yes. And I, I actually I, I thought that Jesse was going to make it. I thought he was going to yeah. like get shot, but be OK. Because that was kind, but I guess they needed to have some kind of stakes in the movie. The emotional stakes. Yeah, of it, yeah. He doesn't really get a great send off though. He's just kind of dead. And they're like, oh, Jesse's dead. Well, yeah, we do yeah. For a character that. that was supposed to be like the sympathetic underdog. Yeah, and and they go they go through a really long a long period of the movie trying to establish that this group is a family, right? They're they've known each other since they were kids. Um, they are uh, very protective of each other. They have great bonds, but in, when Jesse gets gunned down by Johnny Tran, they're all just like, "Ah, oh, damn it! They got him! They got Jesse! Shit! What are we gonna well, do yeah. now? What's the next and so move?" What, well, their next <laughs> move is get in their cars, which is basically what they do the whole goddamn movie. Mm. Um, they trace Tran and Lance uh, kill Tran during the chase. Um, Brian then pursues Dom afterwards and they, and they finally decide to decide with a quarter mile drag race, which ends with them barely escaping an oncoming freight train, uh, which is a tie by the way. And then Dom flips his car, injuring him. Brian gives him the keys to his own car and, uh, lets him escape justice. That was an, I was also surprised that they killed uh, Johnny Tran in the end. I thought he was going to end up like going to jail or something, but no, he they he's dead. Oh yeah, he, dies. he straight up dies. Yeah, 
No, this this movie operates outside the law. His friend lives, though. His, his assistant, yes. Lance, I believe. So he'll probably come up as a villain later on, I'll, I'm going to guess. Yeah, it would not surprise it me. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah, so so they race, and they're going to race for basically for Dominic's freedom, right? Like, is he's that's like what they're going to do. Put mm-hmm. everything on, on the line. Uh, half a mile at a time, or no, a quarter mile at a time. And, uh, yeah, it ends in a tie because of the train. Dominic somehow doesn't die when he's going, yep. like, 90 miles per hour through the tra- uh, uh, train stop, hitting a truck. Yeah, that's what we learned in this movie. It's like is a little scratch on his head. He's okay. Guns kill people. Cars don't. Yeah. If you're in a car, you're good. You're going to be fine. If, you're, if you have a gun pointed at you, you're probably not going to make it. Right. A lot of guns get pointed in this movie. They Very rarely do they get fired, though. Yeah, that's it, true. It's really just Johnny Tran, I think, is the only one that knows how to pull a trigger. He goes through a lot of bullets. Yeah. Uh, and the truck driver, of course. Oh, yes. Yeah, a lot of lot of driving and driving and shotgunning at the same time, like a like a Impressive. twisted Mario Kart. Yeah. Um yeah, so the movie ends with uh Vin Diesel's character saying, Well, I didn't expect that. And uh Brian's like I owe you. A, I owed you a ten. What is a ten second? A ten second car, which he gives him because is his car. He gives him the keys and basically lets him get away. And that's the movie. That's it. And setting that's up right the there. What'd you think of yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, it was fine. I didn't really. I mean, by the time I got the movie, I didn't really care what happened. That's true. It was that. I honestly, I. I I thought they were going to end it before the race being over, kind of like Rocky Three, yeah. Where like the, you know they're about to fight and then they they go to credits. I thought they were going to take off and we were never going to know who won the race. It was just going to end with like a freeze frame of like one car in front of the other, cut to credits. No, they they yeah, they resolve it. I guess. Then there's a post credit scene. Did you see? Yes. The post- yeah, where um it's got uh. Dom Dominic is uh, driving through Mexico, Baja, Mexico, and the, the, he says that quote again about living his life a quarter, mile, life, at a quarter time. mile at a time. Was there any necessity to that post-credit scene? Did it have to happen? Was it absolutely didn't not? Really Especially play, didn't lead up to. Normally, in a post-credit scene, you're trying to tease the sequel. Well, they didn't know there was going to be a sequel. I mean. And we can get into sort of the meta story right. around the movie, but uh, this was not supposed to be as big of a success as it was. Uh, based on a Vibe magazine article uh, from 1998, um, the first actor to sign on was actually Paul Walker. This was a Paul Walker vehicle, and Vin Diesel was added later. Um, and yeah, it grossed uh, an astonishing $200 million on a like $38 million budget, which by the way, when I started watching the second movie, I really noticed how small budgeted the first movie was, where it's like, damn, that does look really cheap. Um, and yeah, the, the, there was no intention of a sequel. It just was so wildly successful, they they couldn't not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so overall... How many cans of Nas would you rank this movie, Sean? Out of out of, uh, it's a ten second car, so out of ten gases of ten tanks of Nas, out of ten tanks of Nas, the Fast and the Furious is four Nas tanks. Four not four tanks. Yes. You got a lead foot though, because that'll blow the engine. So just be careful. Yeah, but that apparently won't matter. The car will continue to run perfectly fine. 
Yeah. Even though it showed literal screws falling out of the engine. That's true. You can you can just drive it away later on. Totally fine. Oh, a dude gets motor water, he gets waterboarded with oil in this movie. That's another no- yes. note that I made here. Yes, Johnny Tran uh, Johnny Tran shoves an At first I didn't know what he was talking about. The line is is really good. Um as I scroll through this quote page, because I really liked it. Uh, he goes, what are we feeling, Lance? 40 weight? 50 weight? 40 weight sounds nice. And then he just starts pumping oil in his mouth. Not as good as the rat torture scene in Too Fast, Too Furious. That one's better. But yeah, I, it was still pretty cool. I was going to say, the, the, these movies do torture. <laughs> they, they, yes. they, they like. I'm looking forward every movie to a, to a, un, a unique torture method that uh, I hadn't seen before. Um. I think the the oil one I did actually see in uh, oh, was it Three Kings that movie with uh, George Clooney, it's a Iraq mm. War movie, Desert Storm oh, movie. Anyway, that something similar happens in that one. But yeah, that was uh, yeah he pumps him up with the oil and then he he has him kiss his foot, but then yep. before he kisses him in the foot, he like kicks him in the kicks face. him in the face. Yeah, so, badass. Yeah, Johnny Tran's bad guy should have a shirt that says I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad dude. My name I'm is Johnny Tran, guy. and I'm a bad man. Johnny ben And on the back, it says, I have a motorcycle and a machine gun. That's right. And I steal DVD players. Now, Matt, a couple other remaining little facts about this movie. It's an award-winning movie. Did you know that? Uh, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker won Best On-Screen Team at the MTV Movie Awards. That's an award? Oh, at the MTV Awards. Okay. Yes. No, it's not an Oscar. It's an MTV Movie Award. Um, and, but they lost... Uh, Rick Yoon was nominated for Best Movie Sleazebag at the Teen Choice Awards, did not win. Um, Matt, I've got a few uh, leftover notes here I just think would be worth sharing, if you don't mind. Um, I didn't take that many notes, but I wrote, uh, this may be the least subtle movie ever made. And I also wrote, this is a feature-length energy drink commercial. Yes. Um, I, I noticed I noticed a lot of, a lot of product placement that was kind of... Oh, that massive! Was a, it was very. Uh, there was a lot of like the thing in the early two thousands. I mean, even and honestly, some of it was like they're drinking Coronas, and I'm like, well, the guys drink beers, and it's well, he, my, he, you know, it's he LA. explicitly mentions. He says like, I hope you, you can have any beer you want as long as it's a That's Corona. A corona might as well but, as long as it's a nice, refreshing Corona beer. My favorite proclamation was probably when they're having the race at the beginning of the movie and the streets are blocked off. And the one person, I guess, who has to use the street is the pizza delivery guy. And it's a pizza. With the big pizza, <laughs> pizza hut logo. Hut, yes. And he's, and he's like, turn around, pizza boy. Come on, I got some closed. hot, delicious pizzones, brand new, <laughs> a pizza hut to deliver. Some hungry yeah. families out there who are, really want our five ninety nine stuffed crust pepperoni. This crazy bread's not going to eat itself. It's delicious. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I appreciated sure, the audacity right. of that. Unless you want to uh, bring that stuffed crust over here. Yeah, no. Snapple got a good a good spot. Um, yes. A couple of people at the party were drinking Snapple, I noticed. Uh, For And very reason. clearly had the labels facing the cameras. So you knew it was... Snapple doesn't get a lot of, a lot of cred in movies, so good for them. A lot of calories um, in Snapple, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, what else? What would, what would you what would you rank it out of ten NOS tanks? Um, I would say that the first the first part of the movie, I think we we'll, we started out with like five tanks of NOS, and then like two of them exploded in the middle of the race, Oof. which was but it made the back of the car catch fire and look really cool because of the special effects. So we ended the race with only like maybe like 
two or three cans of Nas, but um, we made it to the end with to the finish line, and uh, it, that was and we drove off ha- happily. You know, it wasn't it wasn't an offensive movie. I wasn't like, I w- honestly, I really wasn't I wasn't too bothered by it. I, I know I like to look at like try to find stuff to pick on with it, but it was a very inoffensive movie. It was very benign, I guess. It it's a was very, what it was. It never, it's a, it never tried to fool you into thinking it was something no. other than what it was. It was a dumb no. car movie. It's a very 2001 movie. I think Limp Biscuit is on the soundtrack. I mean, it's a yes. very 2001 era. Like, I went and I... What I love to do when we do these movies is I watch the trailers, the original trailers. You watch this trailer and it's like, holy shit. This is like uh, Daredevil, which I think was out around the same time. Which was also must have been. The Sam Raimi ones, right? Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. But that was actually a tasteful movie. Not like these other ones where, you know, all of these sort of... Um, action films of the time i am gonna have to look at the uh 2001 highest grossing movies i'm really glad you mentioned the uh the point break thing because i i don't think it's I really point break know, it's, I like, really it's like no joke it's point break it's point break but with cars yeah yeah L- um, literally i mean no joke it's, it's the pretty whole plot. yeah From it's pretty silly start to finish pretty much um, um i can't say i'm surprised uh less surfing though there was no surfing i thought maybe they were gonna get surfing when they're uh, Vin Diesel and uh, um, Brian are eating at the Shrimp Shack. Which, by the way, was they ate at a seaside shack in Point Break. That's a, oh my that, god, that, they that's did. The same scene. They absolutely might have been the same one. So the director here clearly, clearly was a fan. Knew what he was doing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, yes. no doubt about it. Um, the Fast and Furious was the twelfth highest-grossing movie of two thousand and one. Uh, above it includes such great films as Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Shrek, Monsters, Inc., Rush Hour 2, The Mummy Returns, Pearl Harbor, Jurassic Park 3, Planet of the Apes. Tons of movies, yeah. Um, now, Matt, we're uh, an hour into this evening's broadcast. Do you want to go to Too Fast, Too Furious? you want to push it to next week? How are you feeling? You still got some NOS in you? I, I, I just drank this whole thing of Nas, so i'm ready i'm ready to go um we if you want we could break this up into two episodes later but no, i'm ready to, i'm ready to record now i'm ready to unless All right. you want to take a, a, a break you want to stretch your legs i'm good i'm okay. good we can keep going all right let's roll then all right too fast too furious 2003 two years later matt did you know that they offered vin diesel 25 million dollars to do the sequel and he turned it down Yes, he was filming Chronicles of Riddick at the time. Yeah. You ever see that movie? Uh, no, I've not seen that movie. No. Are you sure it was... Um... I know the movie he did instead of this one was Triple uh, X, I think you're thinking of. Oh, was it Triple X? was 2002. Yeah. I thought it was... Uh... I thought it was Chronicles of Riddick. Because the Triple oh, X right, was you're right. Triple X was directed by the same guy who directed The Fast and the Furious, and he took Diesel with him over to Triple X, who paid him, I believe, twenty million dollars. Well, this one, so Too Fast, Too Furious was two thousand four, right? Two thousand three. Two thousand three. Yeah, Chronicles of Riddick was two thousand four. Chronicles of Riddick was two thousand four. So Triple X was what he was filming instead, instead of Too Fast, Too Furious. Instead of Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Uh, um, which left us in an interesting spot because you end the first movie on a cliffhanger involving a character who doesn't want to come back. Man. Thankfully, we have Paul Walker, but 
who is going to replace Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel was all over the place in the early 2000s. Um, he was a hardworking man. Yeah. So who who comes in and replaces him? Oh, well, that has to be American singer, rapper, songwriter, actor, and model Tyrese Gibson. Yep. Tyrese. What else was he in besides this? Uh, was he in any other? He was in the Transformers movies. His breakout film was Baby Boy. And the reason I mention that is because that was directed by John Singleton, who then directed Too Fast, Too Furious um, and brought him along with it. Annapolis, mm, okay. Four Brothers. Um, he was in a couple of the Transformers movies as like the sidekick guy, the first three. Um, now he pretty much just does the Fast and the Furious movies, although he has a big role in the upcoming uh, Morbius movie. Have you seen that? Morpheus? Morbius. No. What is that? Morbius is a Spider-Man villain who's getting his own side movies. He's essentially a vampire, is the plot. Okay. And Tyrese Gibson has a multi-picture deal to play the FBI agent who's hunting Morbius. Morbius is being played by Jared Leto. Gotcha. I've, I haven't heard any of this. I, okay. Yeah, that movie is coming out uh, this coming January. Wild. Okay. Um, good for him, then. I, I didn't think he was bad in this movie. Did you what do you what were your opinions about Tyrese Gibson in this in this one? This movie has bigger flaws than him. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's bad. I don't think the movie I felt he was a little flat. I know in the later movies, which I haven't seen, but he's a bit more wisecracking, a bit more of the jokester guy. I would have liked to have seen that more here. He wasn't he needed either to be funnier or tougher. I, I think that so these this my hypo, I'm gonna have a hypothesis here, and you tell me if this track Okay. I think what they were go what they were going for in the first movie was very clearly point break. It was one of those like race like it was a point break combined with like the kids band together to save the community center type feel. And in this movie, I think they were going for like a buddy cop movie. Yeah. I think the director may have just seen like Die Hard or Lethal Weapon actually Lethal Weapon probably even uh, uh, that's that's what I was actually thinking of Lethal Weapon. Um, like probably had just seen Lethal Weapon was like let's do let's do that. Um, set it in our universe. Lethal Weapon meets Rush Hour. Yeah, kind of, kind of. So yeah. I think kind of forty eight hours. I think what they yeah. wanted Tyrese Gibson to be was like a uh, like a like a Chris Tucker. Yeah, they wanted him to be like a wacky sidekick because they have him. They have him do like you know when he. He lights the windshield of that car on fire. Yeah, he has a few jokes. And he cracks jokes about, yeah, like all the everything that's going on. Oh, damn, look at all these ladies in this club. He that has that one scene. Yeah, I think he I think they wanted him to be like a jokey guy. A jokey like side character. But and he he serves that role he decently, I think. He, he like you I said, mean, the movie has bigger problems than him, so well, but it's also, you watch this movie and you're like, oh, they wrote that role for Vin Diesel, right? Where Don yes. Toretto comes back, is forced to work with Brian in exchange for his record being expunged. They did. Like, it they, makes perfect sense. They wrote it with the, uh, completely with the assumption that, that Vin Diesel was coming back, and he didn't. And so, um, yeah, Tyrese Gibson playing Roman Pierce, a childhood friend of Brian who's on house arrest, uh, who they say they'll wipe his record clean if he helps uh, Brian O'Connor in his new city of Miami. Why does he end up in... Is he from Miami? Is that why no. he... Why does he end up there? 
Um, it the movie does not elaborate. No, right? I no, I thought I missed something. No I was like, okay, we're in Miami now. I guess just because they wanted it to be different from the first movie. Because if it, they were in L.A. again, it would be like, oh, well, we already saw L.A. Well, and I think, Let's go to you know, before this before this became a billion-dollar franchise, I think the idea was probably, you know what, let's just pump out a bunch of these sequels that'll be set in a different city every time, and they'll be lower budget, and, you know, we'll make a few bucks on them, and, and that's that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you don't want to, you know, shoot the same movie again, but... It makes sense. Yeah, they don't they don't really give the character a reason to be in Miami. He's just there. No, just, okay. no. and actually, he's not, he's not a cop anymore. No. Uh, they fired him after letting Dom go... So now he's just a regular guy. Um, still and into so, street racing, though. He loves. He still still loves the scene. He is, and that's why the police bring him in because of the villain of this film, Carter Varone, a ruthless Argentinian drug lord, whose organization, the Cus, uh, the U.S. Customs uh, Enforcement, um, it needs them to infiltrate because he's smuggling drugs. I think so. I think he's smuggling drugs. They don't because we just see cash. They're not. It's not DVDs. I know that he's got a lot no. of money. So and it's Miami. So I assume they they maybe allude to it being like cocaine or something. Yeah. Yeah. They probably. say he's an Argentinian drug lord. Is how they describe yeah. him. So yeah, it's, it's drugs. Um, and they have to uh, go undercover. Get hired by Verone, uh, who already has an undercover agent played by Eva Mendez. Um who has been long undercover with him um, and is uh, becomes Brian's love interest, which makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, this this movie had a lot of problems, a lot more problems than the well, first one. I, I will say, I think it was better directed. It looked better. I thought the action sequences were better. I think the action was very good. Yeah. And clearly they spent more money on it. The script was really half-assed. Yeah, they, the script was bad. This and was... Cole Hauser, who plays Carter Verone, was a bad casting choice. I think he is too bland of a villain. Yeah, he, he is. He's He didn't really seem that into it. I think I wrote no. that in my notes. He Villain does not seem into it. Like It sounds like he doesn't even really buy what he's doing. He's like, you really... For, we saw all those really great well-written villains in the Bond movies. Yeah. And I, I really think genuinely most of them, when they got into the... into the, they, they had such good backstories and good motivations, even if they were completely stupid, like Moonraker, where they were going to build a new civilization on the moon of, like, <laughs> eugenics people. The actors delivered it and presented it in a way where they believed it. Right. Whereas this guy is just like, yeah, you know, man, like, I'm a drug... I You know, this... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They 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 told me to show up on the set and they'd pay me a bunch of money. Like, yeah, it's very it's very milk toast. And you can see the movie really does want you to focus on Brian and Roman, uh, and 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 um, Tej and some of these other folks. It's not really about the villain. It's just that the movie needs to have a villain for it to exist. Right. It, otherwise, it, it, it would just be what, what I think they wanted to have all along, which is just a bunch of drag races, one after the other. They just want to film cars going fast. Which they did. And which I actually do. thought there's a great scene uh, where they're sort of zooming through traffic and zooming through residential streets. And then there's a, a little bit of a race and they to get to the Ferrari and they're going through. I, I, I enjoyed the action very much in this. 
So, I I don't know. So where should we begin with this one? Where would you like to begin? Uh, we that? we should begin with Ludacris, of course. Luda oh, you, you want to do a whole plot walkthrough? Yeah. Let's All right. The, the first one, yeah. Then then let's begin. That's right. Tej Parker, a local mechanic, and again, just wearing the cleanest, most designer-looking coveralls I've ever seen. The, a giant afro, very interesting character. Um, they have a race. They have a race at the start of the movie, just like the first one, um, which is very funny to me because they race through the streets. It's shot very nicely. But then Tej is like, I got a secret for the race. And then he opens up like a drawbridge. And I'm like, you're going to kill them. <laughs> That's not a fun secret. Right. That's not a surprise. It's a, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a, and it's somehow a they trap. survive it. They do. They go really fast and they get over the drawbridge. But um, yeah, and, and, and he... Uh, Somehow it's okay. the city is okay with him doing that, and he has the power to do that somehow. So, well, but that's the thing. So uh, Brian wins the race, mm -hmm. and after the race, he's uh, he's taken into custody. Uh, he's arrested at that point, uh, and that's when he meets with FBI agent Bilkins and U.S. Customs agent Markham, uh, who ask him to go undercover to bring down Carter Verone. Um. This isn't the one where he gets arrested, but it's pretend, right? I think that's the first one. The first they do it in. They do it in the first movie, but then they arrest him for real in the second movie. Because, yeah, the, the first one, they, like, cuff him and bring him out. And then they, like, they go through all this trouble. And I was like, it's kind of messed up. Like, you know, like, they go through the whole, like... Can't break like, up. Well, we got to make it look convincing. So, um, yeah, they bring him in. And they, they say, we need you to catch... We're really mad at you for going fast and breaking all these laws. But we need your help. We got, it, we got bigger fish to fry. We've got... This, these instead of going really fast, these guys are selling drugs, and we gotta we gotta we gotta stop them, just like you stop those DVD salesmen, <laughs> these DVD thieves. Yes, um, that you then let get away. That you, yeah, totally forgot about most of the time, and then he killed one of them. So, yeah. Um, let now we need you to stop the drug dealer who is. But how is how is he the drug dealer connected to the drag racing? Is what I want to know. Is he sponsoring them or? I what I was think it a, it, a front was it. I have two theories. Movie's not clear in my opinion. I think it's either that they're like, okay, this guy's a former cop, so he knows how cops work. He's a, he has a skill in driving. We can figure out a way to get him in there, and we trust him, or. It's that Verone actually, because Verone say he has like a little competition for drivers, right? So maybe they knew that was happening and they're like, oh, this is a great convenience, former undercover cop, and he knows how to drive real good. Makes sense. I think it's just more of a coincidence thing than anything else. Sure. I, I guess it's passable. Yeah. We'll, we'll just take great. it at face value. But they, but they do tell him, they, they say, you're, you need a partner and you're going to be part. I, I did enjoy this scene where they were like, oh, you're going to need a partner and they give him, like, this generic-looking FBI agent guy, and he's like, what's up with this guy? He doesn't know anything about cars. Um, and he pulls the... Do you remember this? And he pulls oh, the yeah. little bit with the soda cup, um, which I was trying I, to find. Like, should I get... Should I fill my... Should I use this G Gal, Gal well, yeah. 10 or a Gal 20? Yeah, could you tell me right quick which would be a better motor for my Skyline, a Gallo 12 or a Gallo 24? And he goes, uh... 24 and he goes i don't i didn't know pizza places made motors i didn't i had no idea what the <laughs> hell that meant because i don't know anything about cars either 
well, in no, my opinion, he, the FBI agent should have been like, dude, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. No, but about. but like, you didn't see the front of the soda cup said Gallo's Pizza on the front. Oh, so he made up. Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, okay. yeah. So, so he that made was that up. So that was the thing is a gallo motor. Exactly. That was the test where it was like neither answer was right. He, oh. you know, the, and the agent should have been smart enough to be like, oh, I went to Gallo's Pizza today for lunch. You would think an FBI agent would have like paid attention to the details, but yeah, because he was no he was no good man. So well, yeah, um, he didn't know about cars, and and he can only work with somebody who knows about cars, Sean. So so he said, I got a guy. So he said, I'm going to choose my own partner. I'm going to just pick some guy, and he's going to be my partner for this. And he chooses his best bud, Roman Pierce, who's very mad at him. Who is very mad at him. Yes, they fight. They have like a little play fight where it's like a it's a fight, but it's not like I don't think anybody's getting it's actually kind of I wrote that it was kind of kind of an embarrassing fight because they end up like almost like tickling each other at the end because they like get they get both of them. It's like watching two old men fight. They get they're on the ground and they like roll around a little bit. But they're like I don't think anybody's throwing any punches or anything. It, it's very, it's very. It was a very benign fight. It's very yeah, good, chill fight. It was pretty mild. Mm-hmm. Um, they fight it out. We learned that uh, Roman went to prison for a few years. Right around the time Brian became a cop, Brian didn't actually bust him, but Brian becoming a cop sort of hurt his trust in, um, in Brian. Well, I think Roman, he held a little bit of resentment for him by saying, like, you... I think deep down he knew that Brian didn't bust him, but he still was, like... He still, like, was trying to blame him for his own problems. He comes to terms with it in the end of the movie, and he's like, it wasn't your fault. I yep. was a bad dude, or something like that, toward the end. But in this in this point in the movie, we think that he uh, he blames Brian for his arrest. He thinks that it was Brian's fault that he went to jail. He went to jail for like three years or something and uh, had to wear an ankle bracelet. Yep. Like he was under like house arrest, which uh, he was living out of a motorhome because he said like, why do you think I got the motorhome so close to the racetrack? So we learned that he's in a, he's not doing no, things are not going that well for him right now. No, me. they are not. Um, but luckily he gets busted out. Uh, he reluctantly agrees to help. They're issued two cars um, and are hired by Verone to obtain a package. Um, first, they ha- they're tested against some other drivers. Um, they have to go to the confiscated Ferrari uh, located in a uh, an impound lot. Um, big action sequence, lots of driving, some explosions, uh, some big rigs on the road. Um they break in, successfully get the package. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, they get the they get the package. Then I think there's is there another race at some point? <laughs> this movie yeah, seems so to have couple... like races just popping up just because they so they could have races. Yeah. So in order, there's the first race at the beginning of the movie, which Brian wins. Mm-hmm. Then there's the race to compete to see who gets to be Verone's drivers. Then there's the race uh, because the two cars they're issued by the FBI are uh, have locators in them. They want to have backup cars, so they race two guys in American Muscle cars um, 
two of the guys they competed against for Verone's hiring, and they raced for pink slips. They raced for their cars. Uh, it's a dramatic moment, um, and uh, but they win the cars. So that's another race. And then there's the final race when they're actually doing the delivery at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, at some point, so the, the, the movie is just kind of building up so that Brian and Roman will learn to trust each other again. That's really the main, the main, the main point, like the main impetus of their working together. Because Roman wants to get his name cleared. He wants to get his record expunged and get the ankle bracelet off of him. And um, uh, Brian is the only he's he's the the, the guy that just he continuously fails upwards. He's failed upwards yeah. in the last movie. He's failing upwards in this movie. And and he just wants to he wants to advance by just racing cars and well that's the thing he's really good at racing and really bad at everything else yes that is because he does track. win races like he's clearly a very good driver if I needed somebody to win a race I would hire him but he sucks at being a cop and being undercover and not falling in love with the one person you're not supposed to because uh, really to me the 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 villain barely has a plot in this movie the two plot lines are roman and brian and brian and eva mendez yes it's it's just them trying not to screw things up yeah for the most part and, and then they immediately do and they do and so yeah the the villain yeah he's he's uh he's he's just kind of like a background like yeah he's, bar he's barely there he's barely there um until we get to the torture scene. Yeah, so they go. They're invited to the Verones Club, um, the VIP section. Uh, Verone notices Brian getting handsy with Eva Mendez. Doesn't like it, so he brings him around back and makes them watch as he tortures a local police officer into giving them a fifteen-minute window in which the cops won't be looking while they make the transaction. Um, and he does that, Matt. I, I have to be honest. I've seen a lot of different torture things in movies. I was a fan of the TV show 24, which basically invented torture porn on television. I had never seen this one. This was a new one for me. That's right. Uh, I, I, there's been like similar things, but I, I haven't seen. Yeah, this was it was very it was very uh, kind of I, would you say it's realistic? Do you think this could like work? Do I think a so just to break it down, if you haven't seen the film, the idea is that you put a rat on someone's stomach with a metal bucket over it and you use a blowtorch to heat up the bucket. And the only way the rat has to escape is to through the human body and will literally claw and chew and work its way eventually through the human body to escape. Now, now the line yeah. that the villain has is, a, what does he say, like a rat can shoot right through a, a, a sewer pipe or something? Is that true? Um, yeah. He, he says you should see these things. They can go right, they can chew their way right through a sewer pipe. Yes, basically. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's true, to be honest. It's I guess it wouldn't surprise true, but... me, but that also seems like the kind of thing a movie would just make up. Yeah. I, I think it would probably hurt a lot. I don't know if the rat, the rat would probably get really tired before it went all the way through a body could probably do some like bad damage and stuff to your skin. But well, that's my point is like, do I honestly think it would chew its way in through your stomach and like out through the side? No, 
Do I think it could really mess you up? Yes. And I you might die point. before the rap finishes. You and, know. Well, he, he also gives a. There's another great line there where he says, he says it. Uh, there's nothing to worry about while it's screaming. It's when it gets really quiet that you have that it's do, starting to do its work. Yes. So like a that was good. Psychological torture right there. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I was like genuinely like. <laughs> uh, I was like really mm-hmm. bothered by it. So I give it that may be the one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. Then he he takes the blowtorch and he says to him like, "Tell me, tell him I'm gonna, I'm gonna blowtorch out your eyes." So he's like, "Why don't you just start with that? Like, why don't yeah. you just you know that's probably worse, I would guess, than uh, than having a, a rat chew through you." So he tells him he he or basically what he's trying to get him to agree to is to um, give them like to have the cops basically like turn Look the other, the other way, way for yeah. a little while while he gets the drugs out and moves them to a different location. Eventually, he agrees to it because the guy th- says, "All the, the rat will be if you if you if you let if you let anybody know that we had this conversation, the rat will meet your wife. Your and he named he names his wife and his two kids. Yeah, it's like your son Clay and your daughter Amanda. Like he he's like names them. So that's messed up. So the only real moment we get of the villain being a villain. So yeah, like, I would have liked more of that. No, I would have liked maybe, more of that. Maybe they should have learned, like Johnny Tran, for as as obvious as he was of a bad guy, he was a bad guy. Like we knew from the beginning, this guy sucks. This guy is like awful. This other, this, this, up until this point, this villain was just a businessman. He was just a, he was right. just a suit. And now he's finally like, oh, okay, this is why we're not scary. supposed to like him. Yeah. And then this is the point shortly after this is when we learn uh, Eva Mendez informs Brian that uh, Verone plans to kill both of them after they complete the mission. Uh, she does that by sneaking out of Verone's house and going to the houseboat Brian is staying on. 2004, they had phones where they could text, right? Yeah, I just think, like, what a... And then she was like, no, followed. No, no, hey, they're going to kill you after... You complete the mission. I'm doing or even like meet me on a park bench somewhere so I can yeah. tell you. No, like, she goes like into his bedroom. Something, yeah. And then uh, the henchmen of the bad guy come around looking for her. They go into the houseboat, but Eva Mendez has escaped through a thing on the roof. Which then I'm like, how did they not see her? Yeah, no, they were. They were. It was. Just, it was a really nice day. They were distracted by the sunshine. Yeah, it was pretty whack. I don't know. They were thinking about Nas. That was what was going on. But also, also there they were, this was Nas where this was where they had a uh, Roman had a couple of good lines where he was talking to the henchmen like, "Verone, pay y'all to keep a straight face like that." Because if I was making money, shit, I'd get that mole removed off my damn nose. Hmm. Uh, and what there was another one about the uh, how much you pay y'all anyway. Every time I see y'all, man, you got the silk shirts on, jewelry, you know, looking real Miami. You know, I caught you walking up in the club. You got the hamburger meat all hanging out. You know, um, so jokes. They got jokes. He's the Chris Tucker of the movie. They, he's got to he's got to be funny. He's, they've they got to he's got to be the wacky comic partner, the hilarious guy. Uh, but that's so, the thing is, if if Vin Diesel had been in this role, do you think they would have? I guess they probably would have. They probably would have made him kind of... They probably were like, oh, he was too silly in the first movie. Let's make him... Or he was too, he think, was too serious in the first movie. Let's give him, I, like, some I funny... I think Paul line. Walker was funnier in the first movie. 
Paul Walker was. Yeah. Yes. So he was and, the straight man in this movie. Right. So Vin the, Diesel the was more the straight man in the other funny. movie. Yes. It was kind of a role reversal, I guess. Yeah. And so that's why I think Paul Walker comes off as a little flat in this is because they let Tyrese have all the jokes. Because he's supposed to be the wacky partner. Yeah. Even though he was the one that got screwed over by Walker, so he should be bitter. He would. He yeah. should. He should be bitter and kind of sour the whole movie, which they only really did right in that one scene where the cop he, the cop accidentally shoots at him and he shoots back to try to make it convincing. They almost blow his cover. That was the only one that I thought like did. But then at the end he's like, I'm gonna take that sandwich. And he takes the sandwich away and eats it in the car. Yeah, the character motivations and character development are They don't really non-existent. know their characters. They just know no. about it's not cars, good. car racing. Yeah. Um, so they decide to go ahead with the mission. Brian and Roman uh, get the duffel bags of Verone's money with his henchmen. Um, but the cop who promised them the 15-minute window instead decides to call in the police to move in for an arrest, uh, resulting in a high-speed chase across the city. Big action set piece. Um, the police are chasing him. Customs is chasing him. Um, it's at this point they find out that Verone isn't at the airport where they thought he was. He was actually secretly sneaking away on his yacht. Um, this is where we get the big warehouse scramble where all of the other streetcars come out of the warehouse, which I thought was both awesome and stupid. Oh, it was it was so much of both. It was so much <laughs> of both. Oh, man. Talk about, like, felony. <laughs> Talk about, like, well, that's Wow. And they if, showed... if you were worried about g- g- racing your cars, how about pulling them out of a parking lot and smashing them into into a line of police car? Wow. Oh well, and goodness. even better, I loved how, how Tej and Suki both like get in their cars, pretend to be Brian and Roman, and lead the police on a chase, and then like go to jail? Like that's aiding and abetting a crime. Oh, yeah, it sure is. It's a... Uh... And and it's a serious crime too. That's uh yeah. All of those people are looking at like twenty years, but they're all very happy about it. And oh it's yeah, let's let's go, let's go. And they, they're all excited about it. They drive their cars. Yeah, man, it's a scramble. And they hit the police car, and then what? Then it, yeah, <laughs> they should just immediately cut to the courthouse where they're like, "We sentence you to thirty years in federal prison." <laughs> well, we were helping our friends deliver cars. money to an Argentinian drug lord. <laughs> Because they don't know they're undercover cops. That's the other thing. None yeah. of these people know they're undercover. So what? They're like, yeah, let's help our friends do crime. Yeah, and 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 let them get away. It'll be so cool because they'll all get away, and, and we we'll go, go to, to jail. jail. <laughs> we'll go to jail. That's you know. That's, that's what I mean, the plan is. But I think you could sum up the entirety of Fast and the Furious in the phrase, but it looked cool. But it, yes, it, but it looked cool. What were they, remember that they have the police chopper there too that's watching the whole thing? And they're watching these cars just slam into the, the cop cars and the other ones are all driving past them and driving past them. And they, I guess they didn't catch the, the aftermath where like, the, the, like the, the driver's just like, oh, that was funny, right? That was, they just get pounded into the cement. <laughs> locked up and meanwhile the fbi agent's like <laughs> they got us this time like uh, he's, he's funny that dude that's like a chuckling. tom barry as as agent bilkins who's very funny yes because i think he knows what this movie is and he he's just it's just it's just fun for him i i guess he's just you know wearing the hawaiian shirt it was my day off like yeah uh they uh escape from the police uh, in the two muscle cars they won earlier, uh, they switch cars. Um, 
he approached they approach the destination point but instead of the airport they say go to the river go to where the boat is um he goes there and the bad guys try and kill brian and roman they use ejector seats powered by nitrous oxide which was dumb but also cool Mm -hmm. like the rest of the movie Yep, the, the 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 director saw a lethal weapon and thought we need a boat. We need a we need a the bad guy needs to get on a boat, and then we need to have a car go onto the like get onto the boat. And- yeah, so uh, Verone reveals he knows Monica was undercover. That's mm-hmm. why he gave her the wrong information to relay to the other undercover guys. So Verone forces Monica onto the private yacht. Why does he as- just shoot her? He, I don't he, know. that classic bad guy mistake where he's just like, they could shoot her, take her body somewhere and dump it in the in the water. Yeah. But instead they take her alive onto the boat, which is like, basically, that's why Paul Walker's like, oh, they got her on the boat, we gotta go save her. No, like, why not? I don't know. Well, but they also should have, he also should have just killed Brian because Brian yes. was standing there and he told the henchman, take him over there and kill him. Oh, that's right. Yes. Take him over there. I don't. And it's like he had a gun pointed right at him. Like you can just do it. I'm a wealthy drug lord and I, I don't like to see people get shot in the face. That's right. I don't get, get my hands. Stomach's dirty. gnawed out by a rat. I'm totally for it. That's get more shot, my speed. Guns too messy. I get a little queasy around guns. Go take yeah. him over there. Mm-hmm. Very dumb. Oh, that's uh, just your classic dumb action movie stuff. Um, Roman and Brian reunite, decide they're going to get Verone, but the only way to do that is to drive off a ramp. They say, let's let's do it Dukes of Hazard style. Uh, they drive the Camaro off the ramp and they crash on top of the yacht, somehow survive it. And that's a genuine thing where I'm like, even if your car made it onto the boat, I truly don't think you would be okay. Well, that, that's just like the truck at the end of the first movie. When Vin Diesel hits it straight on, Going 105, he should be absolutely, absolutely, like, in heaven right now. But, no, uh, he just gets a little bump on his head, and and he's okay. Uh, he's like, oh, well, I guess that didn't go as planned, or whatever. <laughs> and so, uh, Brian shoots and wounds uh, Verone, uh, and uh, Eva Mendez has him at gunpoint, and he gets arrested, as we see. Um Brian and Roman get full pardons, I guess, because the cop is just like, all right, your record's clean. And I'm like, again, I don't think he has the authority to do that. No, um, no. They were they return the money to the police, uh, but they keep a little bit of the money for themselves. They agree to stay in Miami, and Brian suggests opening a garage, setting up a sequel that also will never happen. That's right. They they do that classic buddy cop at the end where he's like, I got, I got, I got I took some of the money. and then And then Roman's like, we ain't going to go hungry no more. And he like pulls his shirt up and he's got like lots of money around his pants. And then they, they might as well have just like high fived or something and then just freeze frame and then just go to credits. Cause that's the end of the buddy cop movie where everybody's, everybody makes it out. Oh, of course they have the scene where he looks at Eva Mendez as she's walking away and she turns around and like gives him like a wink or something. And then, and then Roman is like, oh, yeah, man, you're straight. That's awesome, bro. I got to <laughs> keep you. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Um, there's a lot of problems in this, in this movie. It's a, it's, a, it's a 2004 flick. And uh, yeah, that's it. Not, not great. Obviously, <laughs> having a lot of questions. Um, 
Vin Diesel not in the film. Paul Walker is in the film. Um, Did you miss Matt... Vin Diesel? What? Did you miss Vin Diesel in this movie? I'll be honest with you. I missed him. I, I, I was looking for Look, him the whole movie. Name any movie, it's going to be better with Vin Diesel in it. I mean, right. that's a fact. Right. He's but... kind of like this. He's like the green, the green onions, right? It's like it automatically just makes things better, I think. Like it... But I think, and you know, there's a lot of comments about how on the first Fast and the Furious, when Vin Diesel came on board, uh, he proposed several script changes that made it into the movie. And part of the reason he passed on Too Fast was that he hated the script. So my thinking is... It theoretically would be a better movie if he were in it, not because he w- was just simply in it, but because he may have offered some improvements to the script. Because the script's a problem. If he was in this movie as written, I don't think it would be... Vi- even Vin Diesel could make it that good. Hmm. I think if he had participated in the process, um, it would have been a little bit better. How much Nas do we uh, give to this one? Too fast. Um... I think I like this movie more than you did. I think is you my did. guess. Yeah, because it's not a great movie. It's really not. I think it's a more competent movie than the first one. I think it does its characters more of a disservice than the first one. I think Paul Walker is good in it. I think Tyrese does a fine job. Um, I just think it it didn't capture what was good about the first one. I'm going to give it three tanks of NOS out of ten. Yeah, I think for me, when we talk about, when we hold this movie up with the first one, the fir- I think the first one did a better job of balancing story with um, special effects, story with direction, story with production, mm-hmm. kind of try to keep it more even keel. In the second movie, I think they... they the story took very much a backseat to production. And I think we're yeah. we're probably going to see that, I'm guessing, for the rest of the movies in the franchise. This idea that these movies are kind of a vehicle for cargo fast. Car, man fight, other man, cargo Drove fast, room. boom, car explode. Yeah. And, and the story is very much secondary. And I think this is where it began. I think the first one was was more they didn't know they were going to make more of it so they 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 actually gave a shit about the story a little bit so i'm going to probably for this one it didn't have a, it, i didn't think the special effects were as good i thought that the uh maybe some of the shots were better maybe some of the directing was better but there was a, a really cool explosion in the first one when that when the 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 nas cans exploded on johnny tran's turf and it's nas the nas run away but we didn't see that here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna it's too fast, too furious, two tanks of Nas. Yeah, I, you know, and I will stand up for the action in this one. It was more realistic. You know what I mean? It, it really did feel like they were actually driving around in traffic and swerving around cars, and I I appreciated that. I agree. In the later films, we're gonna see a lot more over the top, unrealistic action. Um, you know, one thing I'll, I'll just mention here, Matt, is that. The first movie directed by Rob Cohen, uh, the sequel by John Singleton. All the rest of the movies are directed by Justin Lin, uh, except for Furious 7 and Fate of the Furious, but Furious 7 he basically directed. Um, I think we're going to see a much more consistent vision in the movies going forward. Um, Justin Lin is an incredibly competent uh, director, and I think 
Tokyo Drift, I know, is a bit of a question mark, but I think the movies are going to get better as we go along, not worse. Um, I do want to quickly mention a few facts about this movie. Uh, the uh, mansion owned by the villain in this movie uh, is owned in real life by Sylvester Stallone. Really? Yes. Old Sly. Sly Stallone. Uh, this movie made, uh... I'm surprised he didn't want to, like, cameo in this movie or something. Or make, like, some kind of, like a, uh... Yeah, that would have been cool. What are those movies he was in? The Incredibles. Yeah, that would have been great. Who, is Vin Diesel in those movies? The Incredibles? Not The Incredibles. The Invincibles? What's the one where they're all old men? Oh! good. (laughs) Good at war stuff. Yes, no, it's the um, up. Schwarzenegger's in it. And, yes, 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 yes. It's uh, no, don't t- the Expendables. The expend. Thank you, the Expendables. Right. Was was Vin Diesel in that? Yes, he was. He was yeah. in all of them. Okay. Uh, and by the way, he's voicing King Shark in the upcoming Suicide Squad movie. Hmm. Um, I was also going to mention this movie made a hundred and twenty-seven million dollars in the U.S. Uh, it took the it knocked Finding Nemo off of its number one spot, which it had been on for quite a while. It found Nemo. Um, and Paul Walker won Best Movie Chemistry at the Teen Choice Awards that year. But this this movie also got kind of panned, right? It got yeah, uh, people hated this movie. People yeah. really at the time did not like this movie. It's got thirty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I, I think over time it's become a little more liked. But this generally, I think if you asked your average Fast and the Furious franchise fan, this may be one of their least liked of the whole franchise. Metacritic weighted it, uh, had a weighted score of 38 out of 100. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I believe it's got the second lowest um, Rotten Tomato score in the franchise. <laughs> Roger the lowest Ebert. Metacritic score. <laughs> Roger Ebert gave the film three out of four and said it doesn't, it doesn't have a brain in its head. But it's made with skill and style, and boy, it is fast and furious. The late great Roger Ebert. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a fine movie. I mean, I you know, I don't. I will say, I think my favorite thing about the movie is the title. It be, some people hate the title, "Too Fast, Too Furious." I think it's brilliant. Rotten Tomatoes said, "Beautiful people and beautiful cars in a movie that won't tax the brain cells." See, now that's the new slogan for our show. Yes. We both beautiful people in beautiful cars. In a podcast that won't tax your brain cells. cells. Not at all. Um, Well, there you go, Matt. Any other thoughts on either of the two movies we've discussed tonight? No, I, I, you know, I, I, I won't say that I'm hooked on the series, but I didn't hate either one of them. And... I, I'm not going to dread watching the third one as much as I think I... I had to really talk myself into... Sean, it was really hard. I was sitting in front of the TV, and I, I had... I, I was queuing up, like, the, the movie to watch, and I found Good Burger. And I was like, Good Burger is one of my favorite movies. Awesome I must movie. have watched it, like, seven times since it came out. And it was summer just starting. I was like, oh, I, what, if, what if I watch Good Burger? And I, and I was like, no, I got to watch for the show. I got to watch... Fast and Furious, and it wasn't. I didn't hate it. I'm, I'm actually kind of glad that I watched it. I enjoyed them. Yeah, they're not good movies. Yeah. I enjoyed them. You got to I just, and I know we're we're very critical because that's what we do. They're not good movies, but 
people there's something about them that people like i don't know if right. people see themselves in paul walker or they see themselves in vin diesel or 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 whatever but there's something well, there people go to see these movies so and to me it's just more fascinating because they are such an encapsulation of the time at which they came out um, and it's that's what I love about doing these series, especially long-term franchises, is to see how things have changed. Literally, we're twenty; it's the twenty-year anniversary, and so it's going to be fun to see how these movies change over those two decades. I would really like to see in the new movie. I, I want them to do a callback to the bad guy in the movie stealing a bunch of DVD players. I want that to be the plot. I'm sure that I'm told and, they do a want, lot of. I jokes. want somebody to be like, "What? What is a DVD player?" Yep. Yep. What is a DVD player, and why are you stealing them? Yeah, I have a feeling these characters are about to go through a lot. Uh, Matt, next week we will be talking about the next two movies in the franchise. First, The Fast and the Furious, colon, Tokyo Drift. Uh, a real standalone in the franchise contains nobody from the first two movies. Um, Lucas Black and Bow Wow are kind of your two stars of the film. Um in a real standalone uh, film that takes place in Tokyo, and then Fast Ampersand Furious. So no thus and no word and. It's Fast Ampersand Furious, um, which is essentially a, a bring-back reboot of the franchise. This is where Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Michelle Rodriguez, Joanna Brewster all come back. Um, and really, this is this is the reboot of the franchise, essentially. Yeah, looking forward. And also, one of the other most hated of the franchise. Really? Yes. When do we get to Tokyo Drift? That's the one I'm excited. I'm that's kind of that's excited next week. Though. That's okay. next week. Because that's the one that people seem to really like. That's the, se- the, the sense that I get is people like Tokyo Drift. It's one it's of the just more different. popular ones. It's kind of like the Empire Strikes Back of the of the franchise. The one that people talk about. Honest. I don't know why, but it's it's got the most buzz around it. At least that's the, that's the vibe that I get. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's, it, it's very different from the other movies. So that's, I think, what's going to make it... And Fast and the Fast... I should say, Fast, Ampersand, Furious is also very different from the other movies. Uh, so we're going to have a lot to talk about um, next week. We sure will. Well, Matt, this having is... having me on, and uh, oh. thanks for talking Fast. And Were you more Fast or Furious when you, when you watched this movie? Probably was fast. More fast. Yeah, yeah, I was feeling fast, except for the parts where I was fast asleep. Yes, you did sleep through <laughs> some of the. So try and stay, get some of that coffee going. Try to stay awake through our yeah. next two movies. Okay, we'll do. All right, we'll do a brilliant. Of well, or something before we get into it. Maybe I'll drink some more Nas. Uh, there you go. Honestly, Matt, if you're willing to do it, I will go track down a can of Nas oh, to absolutely. drink at some point during this. Seek this sequence, Sean. I, 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 I'm down. I'm so down. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the. I'll go to the quick check down the street and I'll see if they have Nas. All right. And if they we'll don't, I'll just order it online. I don't. I don't even care how much it costs, honestly. We we will try some Nas on the show and see it. how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, man, we gotta watch these promises. Uh, but we do promise to be back next week. Uh, we hope you all join us then. I won't go through the usual spiel. We've been on long enough. But stay tuned right here to up for debate all summer long for our big blockbuster summer as we cover the fast saga uh on behalf of matt i'm sean thanks for being here we'll see you next time for more movie magic on another up for debate
This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.